0: Cutting through an overload of information to get to the heart of the story. This is The Point.
1: Our relationship with China is one of the most intricate and important anywhere in the world says European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen ahead of a visit to China, together with French President Emmanuel Macron. In the speech, she says the EU should seek to de-risk rather than decouple from China. Meanwhile, the Spanish Prime Minister has just wrapped up his visit to China as well. What impetus will these visits inject to China's relations with the European countries? How does China view President von der Leyen's speech and uh, its relations with Europe. Welcome to The Point and Opinion Show coming to you from Beijing. I'm Li Xin. I'm pleased to be joined from Brussels, Belgium, by Ambassador Fu Tsung, the head of the Chinese mission to the EU. On Thursday, President Ursula von der Leyen said it is neither viable or in Europe's interest to decouple from China. And Europe should rather de-risk is relationship with China. How do you react to such statements?
0: Uh, first, thank you, Lucien, for having me. And on the uh, important speech made by uh, President Feng Delan yesterday, I would like to say that uh, I was uh, a little bit disappointed uh, by that statement. And I want to make three points. The first one is that that speech contained uh, a, a lot of Misrepresentation and the misinterpretation of Chinese policies and the Chinese positions. And I would say that whoever wrote that speech for president from the land does not really understand China or deliberately distorted Chinese positions. And my second impression is that uh, this speech actually reflects a deep-seated ambivalence. Uh, on the part of uh, President von der Leyen in her approach to China. On the one side, she realizes that it is important uh, for Europe and it is in the interest of Europe to engage with China. And at the same time, uh, he is also fearful of the criticism uh, from, especially from the hardliners in Europe and maybe even from the United States. And actually, that makes uh, made uh, that speech uh, a quite uh, lacking in terms of coherence. And actually, if you read the speech, you have the uh, the impression as if two people are quarrelling with each other. So there is no coherent uh, coherence in that speech. And uh, that that was the uh, the the second impression I had. And the third point I want to make is that uh, and we, we do hope that uh, the uh, in her visit to China and in her dialogue uh, with uh, the Chinese leaders, uh, she will be able to understand China better and to learn more about China and so as, well as to, uh, to have a better understanding of the, uh, the Chinese positions and, and the policies. And uh, talking about the, uh, the de risking versus decoupling, yeah. of course, uh, de risking is somewhat better than decoupling uh, because this has been a, a position taken by the United States and the US has been pushing Europe to decouple from, from China. And that, is, that has met a lot of resistance uh, from this part of the, uh, of the Atlantic. And uh, but I have to say that uh, in terms of the de-risking, the, the risks uh, do not come from China. And uh, in our view, the, uh, the, the biggest risk for a normal uh, trade relationship uh, between China and, and Europe is the, uh, the politicization and the weaponization of the trade issues uh, for geopolitical uh, purposes or even for ideological purposes so uh, if we really want to de-risk the uh, economic relationship between china and europe i think it is important that we meet uh, we treat each other on an equal basis and uh, try to win uh, try to achieve a win-win outcome and uh, try to reduce uh, the possible political uh, interferences Uh, in our economic relationship. Thank you.
1: Uh, for those who haven't read the speech, who haven't listened to the speech in detail, uh, Ambassador Fu, would you remind us of one example of what you just mentioned, for instance, uh, the kind of misrepresentations that uh, she expressed uh, for, those who, uh, for the people who wrote the speech, either by intention or unintentionally, or the incoherences. Um, can you give people one example as to illustrate your point better?
0: It talks about the China uh, moving away uh, from the uh, opening-up policy, for instance, mm-hmm. and that is definitely a, a false accusation. And uh, we have heard uh, from uh, the speeches of the, uh, uh, and the statement of our top leadership the message uh, deriving from the uh, both the, uh, the the 20th Party Congress and also the two sessions. One consistent message is very clear, loud and clear, which is China is going to continue with the reform and opening up policy. And actually, we are even talking about institutional opening up and uh, opening up at higher standards. So China is not moving away from the opening up. So that is a very typical example mm. of the misrepresentation of uh, China's uh, a policy. Mm. And also he talks about China uh, wanting to, uh, to to dominate the, the, the supply chains, uh, the global supply chains. Mm. That is totally uh, a distortion of our position so we we do not seek that what we seek is uh, to continue with the globalization of the of the economy and so that uh, all countries can benefit from the global interaction mm. so uh, there are many other issues many other examples and uh, uh, in order to save time, I will not go too deep into the speech. Right.
1: Uh, well, still, uh, we are seeing European leaders visiting China. I mean, if you count the, sec- the last few months of last year, we're actually seeing quite a number of important European leaders visiting China. Why do you think they're coming to China uh, relatively um, intensively? And what do you think they're looking for? And uh, what can China offer them in return?
0: Well, first, let me say that I'm very glad that uh, the European leaders are are going to China and uh, in large numbers. Yes, I think this is first and foremost a recognition of China's status as a center. This is first uh, a recognition of China's uh, great power status, let me say this. And uh, actually, they they realize that China is wielding a great influence uh, in many parts of the world and there are many global issues that cannot be resolved uh, without China's participation and uh, the uh, actually let me also say that uh, the uh, the successful mediation uh, by China uh, between Saudi Arabia and Iran uh, has created uh, shock waves in this part of the world so this is first a recognition of China's position and uh, secondly i think the uh, it also reflects the desire of European countries uh, to to profit uh, from the Chinese Market the Chinese economy is staging a robust rebound and that has been recognized uh, by all and according to the MF uh, forecast uh, the uh, the uh, for this year's GDP growth it, China can reach uh, 5.3 percent. Uh, even higher than what we ourselves have predicted. So uh, this actually will mean a lot of economic opportunities uh, for many countries, including European countries. I'm I'm sure the European leaders are coming to find more opportunities uh, for their companies and for their business community. And the third reason, I think, is that they are trying to put some distance between China and Russia they are quite concerned about China being more close uh, to Russia. And so I think basically these are the underlying reasons why these uh, European leaders are visiting China uh, in great numbers.
1: Well, following up on what just mentioned, the relationship between China and Russia, is there ground for concern for European countries? I mean, Chinese President Xi Jinping just paid a very high-profile state visit to Russia. How was this viewed in Europe? And uh, some people are saying this is uh, a milestone marking China and Russia coming together to be an anti-West bulwark. Uh, Is that what the visit was all about?
0: Well, I don't think that is the correct interpretation of of the uh, President Xi's visit to Moscow, and uh, as we have said, that uh, this trip was a, a trip for peace, and it was a trip for friendship and cooperation. I think what is most important is that uh, the uh, uh, during the visit, uh, President Xi advocated peace, and also the uh, and the the uh, that advocacy has been. Uh, Actively and positively responded to by the Russian side in the joint statement issued by the two sides, the two sides reiterated the importance of abiding by the international law, and also the uh, uh, Russia have expressly said that uh, it is open uh, to peaceful negotiations, and uh, Russia welcomes. Uh, China's positive role in facilitating uh, peaceful negotiations. So this is a message, and this is how that visit should be seen uh, by the outside world. And in addition to that, let me also emphasize that China and Russia are the biggest neighbors. So we have our relationship is multifaceted. So it, it is not dominated by one single issue. So it is only natural that uh, two great neighbors and uh, need to uh, the, that the leaders visit each other on a regular basis. So there is nothing extraordinary. and but I have to admit that uh, uh, some European politicians mm-hmm. uh, see this relationship uh, purely uh, from the prism of the uh, Ukrainian crisis. and uh, that's why on the one hand they ask China, Uh, to to play a bigger role in facilitating peace. And on the other hand, they do have the concern that uh, China may somehow uh, uh, support uh, Russia in its war efforts uh, in a more substantive way. Uh, But we are very clear that uh, our position on the Ukrainian crisis is that all territorial integrity needs to be respected and all international law need to be respected, and also the uh, as well as the legitimate security concerns of all countries. And uh, we are also trying our best to facilitate peace. And all these points uh, are contained in our 12-point uh, peace plan issued not long ago, soon after the, uh, President Xi's visit. So uh, I think the, uh, the European side need to see China's role in a more objective uh, light. I well, think that is very important.
1: Well, President von der Leyen said in her Thursday speech that how China continues to interact with Putin's war will be a determining factor for EU-China relations going forward. How do you perceive this statement? Is Does it give you uh, hope that they're seeing this relationship correctly? Or do you feel there are points which need to be clarified here?
0: I think our, as I said, our position is is, is very clear. That is, uh, what is most urgent is to stop the fighting to save lives. I, I often re- refer to a uh, to a report which says that uh, the uh, the average uh, surviving time for a Ukrainian soldier on the battlefield is only four hours. That is, four hours on average. The uh, so the four hours after a soldier is committed to the battlefield he 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 gets killed and also this fighting is becoming more and more senseless so what we need is to stop this senseless uh, fighting and at the same time we need to seek uh, a, a long-term solution uh to the uh to this situation so uh, this situation is quite complicated so there is no simple solution but The only way we can find any solution is through negotiation. So that's why China's position boils down to urging peace and uh, promoting negotiation. And uh, again, uh, this position uh, is not 100% uh, shared uh, by the European side. But at the same time, they say that there is one common denominator, uh, between uh, China and, and the European uh, positions, which is peace. Indeed, uh, they also want peace. But the way to peace is uh, somewhat uh, uh, different as, as they see this. So uh, I think uh, uh, we, we, there are many things that uh, the two leaders or the leaders of the two sides And also the diplomats on various levels uh, can talk about. And uh, at the same time, I must also emphasize, just like our relationship with Russia, our relationship with EU is also multifaceted. So it should not be dominated by this single issue. And that's what actually is the message I've been sending out since I come here. We don't need to see eye to eye 100%. Right. On this issue before we conduct uh, cooperation on other fronts as a matter of fact uh, if you ask majority, the majority of, of the countries in the world the majority view is behind the chinese view i would say right the for instance countries like india countries like uh, uh, south africa and other majors and the brazil for instance They are all calling for the uh, immediate cessation of hostilities. And uh, let me also add: actually, there are uh, European politicians. Uh, This morning, I saw a video clip which actually shows that uh, in the uh, the Australian uh, Austrian uh, uh, Parliament, actually, uh, many people uh, walked out, uh, calling for peace. And uh, I don't want to go too deep into the uh, that episode, but mm-hmm. what I, the message I want to say is that um, even in Europe, the uh, the call for peace is on the rise. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only among the politicians, but also among the ordinary people. I think that is an important message that uh, people need to bear in mind.
1: Well, very briefly, I won't go much further on this subject, but under what circumstances will China consider uh, acting as a facilitator or broker or mediator of peace?
0: Well, China uh, has been uh, talking to to all sides, including the European side, actually. And uh, we also hope that uh, 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 Europe can uh, can really agree to, to We also hope Europe to play its role in facilitating peace. Let me put it this way, and the uh, we are also ready to join hands uh, with European countries uh, to uh, to promote peace. But it, it, we, it, all sides need to be ready for peace before we can uh, before any negotiation can take place.
1: We all enter this world with a universal greeting. <laughs> We then learn to speak.
0: Bonjour. how you? I am
1: Though our languages, cultures, and traditions may differ, we still share one thing in common. We have hope for humanity and the donated world. donated an additional 500,000... The, the 26th United fund, Nations Climate. Hear the difference. Join our global network to connect with the world. Um, Let's talk about uh, what you said in our interview in January. You said one of your primary goals, aside from lifting the atmosphere of bilateral ties, you said the other important thing you wanted to do is to identify and possibly harvest some low-hanging fruits in bilateral relations, especially in practical areas, in order to help people see the tangible results of China-EU cooperation. So a couple of months later, uh, what do you have to report? to our audiences about any possible progress you have made in this regard
0: well in the past three a little over three months uh, i've been uh, reaching out quite a lot and talking to different people and uh, I, I have to say that I, i'm very encouraged by the uh, the wealth of the uh, enthusiasm and and the warmth uh, towards china by the uh, european people and uh, i talked to the business community they are all enthusiastic about going back to China and uh, continuing their business uh, in China. And also I've talked to politicians and the uh, member states of the EU. I'm also encouraged by the political support that uh, having a, a good relationship uh, between China and the EU uh, is enjoying among the uh, the politicians and also the uh, the governments. And so uh, we, I, I do feel quite encouraged and uh, with respect to the uh, so i I do hope that uh, with the uh, visit uh, from the leaders uh, of european countries uh, the political atmosphere will continue to improve and uh, with respect to the uh, tangible results and we are also exploring uh very actively uh with our interlocutors uh, in the eu institutions and the member states And I'm sure we'll have some positive results to report uh, when time comes.
1: What is uh, the work being done at this moment about uh, uh, the thawing of the Comprehensive uh, Investment Agreement between the two sides or CAI? Is there any progress on that side? I understand you talk about both sides being open to uh, ways to make this agreement uh, back to life again. Uh, What is the work being done right now?
0: Yes, we are exploring uh, different avenues uh, very actively. And uh, uh, again, uh, in, in, on this issue, I think the uh, the first thing we have achieved is to to warm up this issue again. It uh, used to be uh, frozen, quote unquote, uh, for, for quite some time. And now this is becoming a, a live uh, issue. So uh, more people are showing interest to uh, resuscitating uh, this uh, very important agreement. I sincerely hope that uh, the politicians and also especially the uh, the leaders of the member states and also the EU institutions can really master the enough courage and also the political strength, I would say, to push forward uh, this uh, issue Uh, so that uh, this uh, mutually beneficial agreement can play a still role in uh, invigorating our uh, economy, because this, again, uh, is an important uh, agreement. Under the current circumstances, it has become more more important.
1: What is the biggest difference right now?
0: The biggest obstacle is that some uh, politicians are actually politicizing this issue. So uh, the, uh, they are putting a lot of pressure uh, trying to, to prevent any compromise being uh, achieved. Uh, that is the biggest obstacle because everybody recognises the economic value uh, of this agreement. And it's only those politicians who are not in favor of uh, uh, a, a robust relationship between China and the EU. They are trying to, uh, to undermine uh, this momentum uh, for the resuscitation of this agreement and also of course there are factors uh, from a third party you know which country i'm talking about and uh, so uh, it is quite complicated it's not as easy as we we hope it could be um, but uh, we will never give up our efforts
1: Uh, In terms of other areas of your work, I'm sure facilitating business or trade or people-to-people communication, cultural communication. Are there other progress, other activities that are being held now that with the relaxation of COVID restrictions, are we going to see a warming up of these kind of exchanges between the two sides?
0: Yes, actually, the uh, indeed uh, we have uh, for the past three months. I have received quite a number of uh, uh, high-level delegations from China, and also a, a great number of uh, delegations are going to to China as well from the EU side. So the uh, this governmental dialogue has basically resumed, and it can only intensify because we are also preparing uh, for other dialogues to uh, to resume and in terms of the uh, of the people to people yes indeed i have uh, received several uh, delegation consisting of students uh, from tsinghua university and from other universities and there are uh, more student uh, groups coming and they are actually having very interesting interaction with their counterparts in, in europe and of course the uh, the uh, the tourists uh, are coming back and we have uh, uh, the uh, the visa policy has uh, returned to normal on our part, so I'm sure the uh, the there are there will be more tourists uh, going uh, to China, and uh, also of course uh, Chinese uh, Europe is uh, very attractive, uh, one of the biggest destinations for the Chinese uh, travelers. So I'm sure the uh, this uh, the uh, as the weather warms up, the atmosphere will also warm up.
1: So, you still have the same kind of passion, curiosity, and excitement as you took up uh, this post three months ago?
0: Yes, indeed. I, the other day, I told my colleague that uh, I'm learning new things on a daily basis. So, uh, I do learn quite a lot. So, there are the variety of issues. And actually, the, the, the biggest impression uh, since I've arrived here is that the, is the, the depth and also the width of the uh, our bilateral relationship so it's uh, across all sectors and uh, so uh, there is so much to learn for me and uh, this gives me both the interest and also the uh, enthusiasm uh, to really to work uh, for the enhancement of our relationship so we, we i sincerely hope that my enthusiasm could be reciprocated by my uh, counterparts both in China. I'm talking about the uh, the EU ambassador there. I'm sure <laughs> he is also working very actively, and the uh, also by the uh, by my colleagues in the uh, EU institutions. We need joint efforts to really to uh, to raise our bilateral relationship to a new height. As I, as I always say that uh, the way we manage our relations will to a very large extent determine the future of the world. I think it is that important. So China and Europe being two centers of, of, of great power and also being the uh, the, the two of the greatest uh, economies, Uh, There are many things that we can do together uh, for for our mutual benefit and also for the benefit of the world.
1: And the communication channel is open for you? Yes. That's good to know. Well, all the very best luck. We share your sincere hope to uh, have this relationship stabilized and well managed. All the very best. Ambassador Fu Tsong, head of the Chinese mission to the EU, joining us from Brussels, Belgium. And with that, we come to the end of this uh, special edition of The Point with me, Lucy Xin. As always, you can follow me on Facebook and Twitter using the handle lucyshin in Beijing. You've got the point. Bye for now.